Welcome back to the channel today, everyone. I am Sarah Higdon. I am your host. This is Transform to Freedom. And gosh, I'm exhausted. Honestly, um, I told y'all I didn't know if I'd be doing an episode this week um, because I was going to be out of town, things were going on, and it was crazy, okay? Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm still jet lagged, um, is really what I'm trying to say. So I went to Los Angeles this last weekend. I left <laughs> crazy enough. I left my flight left at, <laughs> I, yeah, I left at, shoot, I was up maybe 4am on Friday because my flight left at six from Atlanta on Friday. I landed in Los Angeles at like 7.30 because like time zone changes and stuff like that. And then I checked into my hotel at like 3.30. And then I, I, I ended up going out. It was really crazy because I ended up going out with somebody I haven't seen since college. Um, a friend of mine is a stunt uh what is it he's the uh, a stunt coordinator in hollywood and i haven't seen him since college so he's like the first person i've met up with in years that knew me before transition that hasn't seen me since transition and um it was really great we had we had korean barbecue and hung out and everything like that then saturday Saturday was crazy. <laughs> All I'm going to say, okay, I don't know if you've been watching Blair White's stories um, on Instagram. Yeah, I was part of that. So I did one of the Jubilee... Um, one of the Jubilee debates. Now, I don't, I don't know how much I can actually say about the debate itself right now. Because it's supposed to, it, it will probably air in a couple weeks. But it was like me, like I said, it was me and Blair White. And there was um, two other amazing conservatives on the panel as well. Um, versus four trans leftist okay and I, I'll, I'll say it right now there was two of the two of the trans leftists were super sweet and i absolutely adore them they were they were amazing i i absolutely like i have nothing nothing bad to say about those two um but yeah it, it got crazy um it was kind of me and blair fighting um to leftist and it was kind of crazy i think it's gonna be very revealing when it comes out i'm excited to see how the edit goes um but it's interesting it, it, it was fun it i mean it wasn't necessarily what i thought it was gonna be but i knew it was gonna be spicy and it was now that wasn't the only one i did my crazy ass 
did two Jubilee episodes while I was there. <laughs> back to back. So I got done doing the episode with Blair and the crazy leftist. And then we did another episode, which is a new format that they're trying. Um, I'm not going to spoil any of it, but it was a lot more tame. Um, it was... <laughs> um, yeah, it was a lot more tame. It was, I, I believe it was a little bit more productive, but there was different rules on it. And you'll see what I mean. Like, there was people, I guess, on my side that I wasn't able to even push back at, against them because they were on my side. We were trying to get people to join our side, like make the argument to join my side, everything like that. But if the edits are right, you'll see me like clenching my my fist because one of the other people that was on my side was one of my hate stalkers. And if you've been following me for a while, there's a, a group of people on Twitter who absolutely hates me. And they are not nice at all they're very i mean they're not even just they're not even just trans like they don't even just hate me they're they're transphobic they're homophobic and they're not shy about it and so they were on my side but a little bit behind the scenes stuff they didn't say a single word to me behind the scenes they didn't even say, say a single word to me on camera so it's it's interesting, right? I am. It, I mean, it's cool. Like, I it, it probably was the best outcome, but I'm just kind of interested to see how like the rest of the hate stalkers see what this person does because this person was actually agreeing with me on points. Um, and so it's gonna be interesting to be like, why didn't you, for them to be like, why didn't you call Sarah out on camera? All this other stuff. I I, I can see it coming. Um, but honestly, it was probably preferable. I didn't, I mean, especially after the first debate, which just went hardcore in the weeds, like it was insane. Um, the second one was a lot better. It was more, I make my point, you make your point. There's no real debate on these issues. There wasn't like a lot of back and forth. It was just point, point continue the conversation, move on, and then and then move move through it. So I, I definitely think the the second episode will be really cool to to watch. So just stay tuned. I don't know when they're gonna come out. I think the first episode that I was on with Blair is supposed to come out October 1st. Um, I'm not sure though. Um, and then the second episode is supposed to come out the Sunday after. But I'm telling y'all, it was nice. I mean, as much shit as I give California, um, Los Angeles was cool. Like, I had, I mean, I essentially had four full days there, I guess. Was it four? Or three full days? It was three full days. Because I got there at 7.30 a.m., 
California time on Monday, and then my flight left at midnight on um, on Sunday. So I didn't get back to Atlanta until like 8 a.m. on on Monday morning because I took the red eye, and it was fun. I, did, I honestly, the, on Monday, I just went to the beach. Or no, Sunday, I, I went to the beach, hung out, and it was just a really good, you know, reflection. I was able to hang out, reflect on everything that's going on, look back and reflect on my life and where I'm at in my life and just being able to do this. And, and, and honestly, I'm truly grateful for everything I get to do. Um, to be here Monday nights with y'all, um, discussing the topics of the day. Um, and, and really, like, I flew out there. I'm like, I've been so many places this last year. I think I, think I counted it. it was like nine trips this last year for quote-unquote work. Um, and I, I, I'm, I'm just amazed that this is what I get to do for a living. Seriously, this is it's. It, I'm I'm thankful every day um, that this is kind of what I get to do. So it, it it really is amazing, and you guys are a huge part of that because um, you help support me, you, you you know, and keep me moving forward and allow me to do what I do. So, and Courtney, yes, I still need to come to North Carolina. You just gotta let me know when, girl. Um, it's not that far. I've, if you remember, I was stationed at Fort Bragg last two years in the army. So I know North Carolina. I know the state. I have family in North Carolina. I love Asheville and I know Raleigh pretty well because I spent a lot of time in Raleigh when I was in the army. So, um, just let me, know. <laughs> just let me know when to come. Um, and we will, we'll make it happen. Um, but yeah. So, but with that though, too, I, I really was not, I, I was not connected very well to what's going on in the news or anything like that. Right. So I, I, I kind of, uh, it was even show prep for this was, was kind of difficult, but there's a big, there's, there's a few things going on, I guess, that we, we're going to talk about tonight and the first story of the night we're going to talk about is Lauren Boebert. Now, I'm not going to show the video, okay? Um, but Lauren Boebert, congresswoman out of Colorado, who's kind of part of the, the, the you know, you there's the squad on the left. I think she's part of the squad on the right. Um, Well, she was kicked out of a, a movie theater that was showing the Beetlejuice, um, the, the Beetlejuice movie, I guess. It was it the it was the movie or the um, sing along or no no the uh, the musical. Listen. I actually really don't care what like Lauren Boebert does 
Thank you, Courtney, so much. That means a lot. Courtney sent four hours. Super sticker means a lot. But yeah, I don't. I honestly don't really care what Lauren Bober did in a theater. A lot of people are saying this happened in front of children. I would like to see the video of this happening in front of children. Um, but uh, honestly, it's a very dark movie theater. And the videos that you're seeing of this are in like infrared, you know, night vision goggles to where it's almost creepy that some that 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 they are actually filming you in the theater with you know night vision goggles, like the night vision cameras and everything like that they were filming. I almost find that more creepy than what was actually happening. Um, what was happening was probably more, honestly, it was probably fairly normal. She, yeah, she was on the, she was on a date. Um, so yeah, Courtney, what do you say? Let's pop this up. Yeah, Courtney says she was on a date in the 90s. There used to be contests to see what you could get away with on a date. It was in a song. Yeah. Like, that's the whole thing. Is like, the movie theater used to kind of be a place where you would go and make out with your boyfriend or girlfriend and, you know, maybe get to second base like she did. Um, it, it just doesn't... Um, it just doesn't move the needle for me. What really gets me about all this, though, is the hypocrisy. Like, the people who are so angry about this are the ones that allow nudity at Pride around children and celebrate nudity around children, want kids to go to drag shows. Like, that's what really gets me about this. Like, I, I, I really, it's a dark theater. I think, actually, the original stories are the ones that um, get me the most about this, right? Like, that she was kicked out of the theater for uh, vaping. Yeah, I would have a huge issue if somebody was, oh, vaping, not so much. But if somebody was, like, smoking or something like that. Vaping's kind of meh. Um, there's no, like, secondhand smoke from vaping. But she was vaping, and they asked her to leave. Now what? And she said, do you know who I am? And anytime somebody says something like, do you know who I am? I guess that's, that is, it's kind of narcissistic. It's kind of elitist. Um, and I have more of an issue with that than the fact that, you know, she was having a good time with a man at a theater. Nobody saw what was going on. Um, so I, I really don't place this high on my category of careless. Um, but a lot of people are, and this is a story from, um, this is actually from Raw's story, where they're now claiming, let me see, pop. Um, so 
Lauren Boebert could face sex crime charges under Colorado's lewdness law. Now, I did see um, a lot of stuff going around that the Ninth Amendment, I guess, possibly protects protects somebody like Lauren Boebert from, from this. I don't know. And honestly, this is not a public lewdness crime because she was on private property. I think there's a huge difference between like what happens like if you're if you're exposing yourself and on private property and if the if the property owners decide to press charges and everything like that. But it's really again interesting that they are talking about the Colorado lewdness charges. When if you go to any pride event across the country, any of those people could be charged with these same charges. It, it it's it it's it's amazing, and it's really it's because she's an attractive woman on the right, which I think most attractive women are on the right. Just saying, I don't know. Um, yeah, she, I mean she she apologized for what she did, and the the fact is again like. If somebody saw what was going on, then that's a different story. But the only thing we have are these infrared cameras, which are so creepy. And I agree with a friend of mine who we were talking about this yesterday, who, like, can we get away from the whole, I'm going to film you and then post it on the internet to shame you culture? Like, I'm going to film you in your worst moment so you can never live this moment down. It's kind of gotten out of control. Um, I don't, I don't agree with it. And so that's, and then in this story, it was the movie theater who actually released the video. Like that, it just seems like a violation of privacy, and and yes, you don't you don't have privacy like you give up privacy whenever you enter public. But like when you enter a movie theater, if you're going to be filmed while you're in that movie theater, there should be a there should be a disclosure on the outside of that theater to say, hey, any acts that happen within this theater are being recorded like while when you enter this theater you are being recorded and you should know that it does seem like a uh, a violation of privacy for a theater to film you without your consent without you knowing that you're being filmed i think that's that is the first and foremost um situation there and i get why they would do it i mean it was like how, how often have people it, it it's really weird. This is and this is really weird because, like teenagers, like that was the one place that you could go. You would go, and you knew where the camera was, and it was always in the back, like looking over the audience, and you'd get away with like anything as long as you were in the back row under that camera. That was like the one place that you could go where people wouldn't see that you were uh, making out with your girlfriend or anything like that, right? Um, and now. We have those cameras. Now, 
movie theaters are dropping those videos um, online because it's a congresswoman that they don't like. Um, so yeah, I, I, I really, I don't really care too much about this. Like I said, if there was children in the audience, I would love to see where they were, what happened. I would love to see anything that actually, anybody who actually saw what, saw what was going on. Like, did they actually see the man like groping her or any of this stuff? Because again, like it's a, it's a dark movie theater. The initial reports was that she got kicked out for vaping and this uh, and, and and other stuff, but there was no initial reports that she had gotten kicked out for lewd behavior. So that leads me to be, believe that she really nobody really actually saw what happened, and then they just dropped the video to make it to cover their tracks and be like, "No, she was kicked out for this." I that doesn't make sense. Um. And I didn't, I didn't know this. So Lauren Boebert and myself are pretty much the same age. And she's a grandmother. And she looks amazing to be a grandmother. Just throwing that out there. Um, but they're talking like 10 days in jail. Or, like, come on now. If you're going to charge Lauren Boebert with any crime, you damn well better charge every single person at Pride with crime, with with a crime, right? Um, but TMZ actually met up with Lauren Bobert, and I think she actually answered this pretty, pretty, pretty well. So I'll play this clip. I know it's you know been a rough week, or has it been? Uh, you know it's um it's always hard whenever um there's gravity put on the voters. I'm here to provide levity and with first off people so anytime that they're carrying mine it's something that you know i kind of feel deep inside but ultimately all future date nights have been canceled and um, i learned to check party affiliations uh, before you go on a date uh, but all in all um you know, it, was, uh, it was mostly a lovely time and you know i've taken responsibility for my actions um would love to know how the, the musical ended and i encourage people to go and see it but um yeah, it, it was a great time back in the district seeing voters and... Uh, so how, how are the voters taking it? How are the voters taking it right now? Are they understanding at this moment? Yeah, there's a lot of folks who are certainly understanding um, and they understand that it was a part of my my personal life, my private time, something that I really indulge in. And uh, yeah. Yeah. I actually, I mean, I, I, I think that she ha she's handled this very well. Um, because I mean, she's again, she's my age, which is kind of crazy to me. Um, and so I, I, the one thing I will say kind of against her though, is that If you are going to be a very conservative right-wing person in the movement, you probably, and, and you're going to condemn anybody else for any of this type of behavior, um, you know, 
you know, you're going to, you're going to go after people for, you know, women, you're going to go after women for being quote unquote whores or anything like that. Now, I don't know if she's actually done a lot of that, but she has been, that that's the people she surrounds herself with. Uh, that's the perception that she creates, I guess. Um, then you probably better hold yourself to those same standards. Like, don't judge people lest you be judged, right? And I think that's what's happening here. I won't judge her. Um, it seemed like she was just having, like she said, a good time. The evening was mostly lovely. Um, so I don't blame her. But when you're out here making a lot of these accusations and you're and you're and you say a lot of the things that you said, a lot of people are not gonna have such grace on you. I think she's human. It is what it is. I mean, I've I actually um I think she I actually don't know a ton about her um individually. I know I've been on radio stations in Colorado that follow, I, I followed her, um, like, so she was on the segments, she's been on segments before me on radio stations talking about different issues and stuff like that. But she's, yeah, she's a human. She's allowed to go out and have a good time and, and, and she shouldn't be shamed for that. Um, so and so I, I understand too that like when I look at this, it's it's hard not to be like, well, how is this different than how I would treat a leftist or anything like that? And, and I truly do believe that like I would give the a leftist the same grace. I don't like a lot of this like TMZ politics, but at the same time, we see far too often, you know, drag queens and kids that's i mean that's where the line kind of is like when you're talking actually about sexualizing children and exposing children to sexual stuff that's where the line is like if the if we if we saw that there was kids in that theater it might be a little bit different story um but you know it is what it is um but Lauren Bober is not the only person this week that's kind of been under the microscope for different um, sexual proclivities. Um, there have been allegations made against Russell Brand. Now, these allegations have been anonymous. We don't know what happened. I'm not going to sit here and say and, and defend Russell Brand and say that I don't think he did it or anything like that. That's not what I'm here to do. Um, I am going to say that he is innocent until proven guilty. When people start to speak their mind in this culture... Um, and start to step away from the leftist narrative, they tend to get attacked. And so when we see that 
the right is quote unquote carrying water for Russell Brand. I think it's a little bit interesting though because it really is interesting because I don't think that they would do the same if this was a woman. I think that um, it would be a lot different story. But um, nobody knows for sure what actually happened here. Yes. And, and what's interesting is Russell Brand is somebody who has completely changed his life, right? So I didn't really care for him for a very long time because he was a super leftist. Um, and then now he's moved, as he's moved more right, this is kind of what started, you know, he, he started to get fame and now he is talking a lot of stuff and he is um, now being shamed for stuff that he did back when he was, you know, a leftist. Um, But it, it is really interesting. Um, if you remember, yeah, he was a super leftist and he did have a reputation as a man whore. So if you had, if you had relations, consensual relations with somebody who was a man whore, that doesn't mean that he assaulted you in any way. Um, means that you slept with a man whore and who didn't really care about you, but you knew what you were getting into. Um, Magnificent Devil says, I would call Russell Brand right. I wouldn't call Russell Brand right. He's still a leftist. He's just anti-establishment leftist like Jimmy Dore. And I, I actually really like Jimmy Dore as well. Um, I did an event, um, that, that anti-war event that I did in D.C., Jimmy Dore was that, and... Um, so yeah, I think that there is a lot of the, the anti-establishment left and the anti-establishment right, um, all kind of conglomerate under libertarian values. So yeah, you're probably right. I think we can, we, we all kind of agree on a lot of different things, even if we're left and right. I think that it's, yeah, the anti-establishment is really the key part in there, right? Um, but so, so Courtney, the woman claiming rape was actually just saying he didn't wear a condom. Hmm. That's again. That is not rape. Um. But I mean, it's a shitty thing to do. But even again, it's all anonymous and if this was somebody on the left and this was say quote you know hunter biden for example the left would not be playing this story at all so i'm really interested to see though because like rose mcgowan um it was one of the most outspoken person part of the Me Too movement. And she um, has basically started to stand up for Russell Brand on this. And she's made quite a big changes from the Me Too movement to where it's like, 
no, you don't necessarily believe all women. Like they have to have credibility and you have to kind of be outspoken. Now, I actually have not listened to this video, this, this voicemail. So I want to, I, I want to play it to hear what she had to say. Let me start this by saying I stand with all victims. I think what's being done right now in the Russell Brand case with The Guardian and the other news outlets is part of a concerted effort to turn the public in general against anybody who comes out. And one of the reasons and ways they're doing this is a concerted effort to bend journalistic rules that have always been in place, such as having to be on the record with who you are and what your name is in order to accuse. I didn't make these rules. These are the rules. They were the rules. So there's something very strange going on when these rules are being bent in order to push a narrative. It's almost like Icarus flew too close to the sun. He's a low-lying fish and not one of the truly powerful, so he can be thrown to the wolves. I don't know if he's guilty. I don't know if he's innocent. That's not what this is about. This is about driving us further apart and mainstream media and media outlets protecting people on a higher up level from true consequence, from what they're really doing and what they're really getting away with. And the real losers in this are actual victims. I'm sorry and hurt for anybody who's been hurt, but this narrative and the way it's being done is just pushing this culture war, pushing us farther apart and pushing any gains gotten by people believing accusers to the edge. And, and this is a way to have us not be believed. This is not the way the reporting is done. You have to go on the record. It has always been that way. I didn't make it so. It didn't make me happy to have to do so. Neither did it make others happy to have to do so. But to blindly and anonymously accuse none of these high-level journalistic outlets would have ever let this be published before. So I have to ask why, why now? What is the true narrative they're pushing? Yeah, I, and I, I completely agree with that. I see what, um, sorry. I see what happens in these situations, right? Zoya! Hey! what you see happen in these situations and we see a lot and it's hard because when you start to make accusations like this and you don't have proof it, it really does hurt the overall movement right um because i mean false accusations can do a whole lot more harm than, you know, the main, any, any real, you know, um, they, they can do a whole lot more harm than not saying anything else because what happens once those accusations are proved false, or if you're even anonymous, like that's the whole thing is, that's what she's saying is like, if you're anonymous and you're bringing out accusations against somebody, like serious accusation, then you're anonymous. And then the media is carrying weight 
you know, water for you and you're and you're not willing to go to the extra lengths and you're just going to be anonymous because over it. Um, all it does is make people distrust actual survivors um, and their stories. So I think she's right. And there, there is a story I, 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 I would definitely touch on as well. Um, but I don't know what the full story is. Um, with somebody that I've had on this channel before who was recently canceled for, um, and people were saying that her story was, was fake and everything like that. And I, I, I just don't know what the truth is with that story, but I will say that if her story was true, um, and nobody really knows even to this day, what the truth was with this story, um, if her story is true, all it does is um, harm other victims from being able to step forward. So when you make false accusations, it harms other victims. It, 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 it harms victims from being able to come forward and s tell their stories because once one or two or multiple stories start to become, you know, proven false, people start to get on edge and say, well, we can't just believe all women. We can't just believe your story. You know, we can't believe it until you prove it. And unfortunately with sexual assault or human trafficking or all these other cases, it's very hard to prove sometimes. It's hard to prove that what happened actually took place. Um, it's why it's one of the most egregious crimes you can do, but it is really, um, I think Rose McGowan speaking out against this narrative that they're pushing right now against Russell Brand with just, you know, anonymous sources, the way that they're reporting on it. I, uh, I, I, I applaud her um, for not just, you know, continuing the Me Too movement of believe all women because that was the whole, that was a huge issue. Like believe all women. Yeah. But when you believe all women and then women lie, they hurt your movement. And we see this in all different movements. Um, you know, the trans movement and, and uh, included, which is one of those things that I had to deal with this week was like, <laughs> if you can't see how these types of people harm our community, and if you don't call it out, then how can you expect anybody else to believe what you're saying? So I definitely think um, this, is a, this is a big, 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 big deal. And uh, we'll see what happens going forward. But we move on. So next on the docket, there was a journalist. And this is the slippery slope that we are on, y'all. Like we saw this again with Owen Schroeder last week. Um, and now we are seeing it with a journalist who was on the ground. A journalist who was on the ground for January 6th to literally, he says his intentions were specifically to capture and document a newsworthy event happening going forward. He was convicted. 
of misdemeanor charges. If you are going to, if, I mean, literally, I don't know, how do you convict somebody who is covering an event as a journalist that's not taking part in the event, simply photographing it, you know? One, that's evidence you can use against people who were taking part in it. Two, it's literally documenting what is going on. This this is a this is a violation of his First Amendment rights. Like, could you imagine like a war journalist being charged because he he showed what the US like does in war? Like, think about this, like think about the photographer at like the Abu Ghraib prison, like getting arrested and fined and, you know, just for being a journalist, if, that, if it was a journalist. I mean, think about like all these different things in history where like you have to have journalists behind the scenes, behind the lines, filming to simply tell the story of what happened. The fact that they're charging journalists over what happened, again, tells me that they don't want you to know the truth about this. They want you to know their truth, not the truth. Um, yeah, Courtney, great, great point. Like, I mean, Julian Assange has been in prison for four years. Um, because he exposed these types of things. And I'm a huge advocate for, um, you know, releasing Julian Assange, pardoning Julian Assange. There's a lot that I can talk about with that case. Um, but he, he definitely deserves to be free. Um, he, he's not even a U.S. citizen. and He's being charged with espionage. He never, he's never stepped foot in the U.S. and he's being charged in the U.S. You know, Julian Assange is a, is a completely different, is, uh, is kind of the first. Um, but yeah, the, this journalist, he was, he, he literally said he was entering and remaining in a restricted area as a journalist who was filming to document disorderly and disruptive conduct in a restricted area, disorderly conduct in a Capitol building, parading, demonstrating, picketing in the Capitol building. He wrote on Twitter, I told the same truth to the jury that I posted along with my video on January 7th. I did not enter the Capitol building as a part of the process or cheap thrills, but to accurately document and report significant event which was taking place. Like, that's his job. That is literally his job to cover what is actually happening. Without independent journalists like this, we get one side of the narrative, and it's the side that they want you to have, which means it's propaganda. It's not what actually happened. It's what they want you to believe happened. And so now they are literally shutting people down for telling the truth for showing what happened that goes against their narrative. 
I agree, Robbie. Unintelligible boogaloo noises. This is like, this is not free speech America. This is not free press. Like, the press has a job to actually show you what happened. I mean, could you, just because journalists, quote, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put that in quotes, like, journalists at CNN, MSNBC, or other mainstream media, you know, outlets were not able to get their footage from inside the Capitol. Doesn't mean that you, 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 you know, because they weren't able to show their narrative from inside the Capitol. These independent journalists, they're the real heroes of this because they showed what happened. And I, I don't know who said it in the chat earlier. Like this is, this is again, it, it shows this person didn't show the right footage. You know, this person probably showed, I don't even know what the footage that this person showed. It was like showed, but it showed that, you know, there's a lot of footage out there that shows that Capitol Police just let these people in, you know, escorted them around the Capitol, all these other things. And so it debunks the narrative that the government wants to create. So what do they do? They charge you for it. Yeah. They charge you for it because it goes against what they want you to believe. This is what happens in places like North Korea. That's right, Zoya. That's right. You can hear my dog. She's 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 agreeing with me. Um, in a, in a statement to the Post Millennial, Horn said, "My sole motivation in entering the Capitol grounds and the Capitol itself was to document, record, and publish newsworthy the newsworthy event that was that was were occurring. Although we were obviously hoping for a different verdict, I believe we generally accomplished my goal of telling the story and laying out my case before the court." We'll see what happens though with this with this situation. We'll see how much time they actually give him. But it's it's absolutely insane that he's having to deal with this. Actually, Robbie, you, you say Ray Epps. Apparently now Ray Epps has been charged with misdemeanors for what happened that day. Was it three years later they charged Ray Epps with misdemeanors for what happened that day? Misdemeanors. Yeah. I don't believe first. I I I am the first person to believe that Ray Epps was a fed. I believe that he was part of yeah, it's it's par for the course. It will never, I mean, the misdemeanor will be wiped off his record when people stop looking into it. Um, it, It's simply a way to, it's simply a way to get people off their backs. Um, The fact that this man is on video, you know, 
basically you know, on video inciting a riot. And then he's charged with a misdemeanor years later. He's the only person that's not like arrested at, like immediately after that and everything. Come on. Single-handedly, the Ray Epps videos really do show that the FBI had a, or the feds in general, had a huge part to play in inciting what happened on January, January 6th, you know. But, moving on. <laughs> um... Interestingly enough, I was right. We should roll the tapes from a couple weeks ago where I said, as soon as Joe Biden decided to um, end land contracts for oil drilling, this was going to spike gas prices. I said $10 a gallon, but we'll see. Literally, I, again, being in California, Six dollars and fifty cents for gas um, in most places in Los Angeles was a lot different than the uh, you know the four dollars for gas that I, four dollars for premium gas I pay here in Georgia. So, but gas prices are on the rise again, and I am going to say I told you so. So this is even CNS CNN talking about it. Another frustrating reality check for inflation-weary Americans, gas prices on the rise again, hitting their highest levels of the year. This is according to AAA that the average price for a gallon of regular unleaded is now $3.88. Last year, it was 20 cents cheaper. We have CNN reporter Matt Egan with more details on all of this. I thought we got a break after Labor Day, Matt. Normally we do, Brianna. Uh, unfortunately, that is not the case this year. 388 a gallon, it's not just the highest level of the entire year. We're actually a full 30 cents above the price on Memorial Day when the summer driving season officially kicked off. You can see that on this chart. It's been trending the wrong direction. Another front. Yeah. Like, I had so many people. And, and here's my tweet when I said this, too. Um, and this was from September 6th. I said, it's like, the Biden administration said, my, my administration is canceling all remaining oil and gas leases under the last administration, the Ar Arctic Refuge, and proposing, a, proposing to protect 13 million acres in the Western Arctic. So they're doing this again for climate change. And I said, as soon as this happens, gas will skyrocket, causing hyperinflation on literally everything. See, the thing is, is oil prices don't go off simple supply and demand. They, they're based on futures. And when we are getting our oil from countries that don't even like us, they will just jack up the prices because they have more of a monopoly and we don't have the potential to produce our own gas if we're ending um, those leases. So basi basically, they see that we had the potential to produce more gas, so they lowered the prices because if they jack them up, we'll just produce our own oil on those land leases. And so they don't do that. 
when you end those land leases, they our potential goes down, so they're going to jack the prices up on what they sell, how they sell it to us. Um, oil is a little bit interesting, and then it goes down the line of again supply chain. I talked about this last week. You know the supply chain. Once you raise the prices of gas, everything goes up. The price of food goes up because there's logistics costs that they have to account for. So the price of every single product that you're using goes up. And so I just want to know where, I mean, there, I had a lot of people in my, in those comment sections that were like talking about how I didn't know what I was talking about with oil and all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry, I kind of do. And I have been proven right because these oil leases going up or ending the oil lease has caused a significant increase. And even CNN is noticing the significant increase in gas prices. I should have paid a lot more for doing what I do because I could, any idiot could have told you that. It just, we need to significantly get back to an era of, you know, not relying on foreign nations for our own oil. We need to drill more oil here. Um, unfortunately, our government has this bug in their ass that this is the only way to, you know, solve climate change or whatever and it's really not there's a whole lot more i mean i'm i would say i'm environmentally conscious but i'm more worried about you know plastics and you know moving on to um nuclear energy and even moving more towards hemp-based plastics uh, but at the end of the day, like they're not, they're not worried about the actual solutions. They just want to cut oil leases to make base, which ends up costing gas to go higher, which again causes inflation. Yes, AOC, if you remember my story from last week, yes, it causes inflation. Inflation's a real issue. When you raise the price of gas, it raises the cost of every single product you deal with out there. There are real shipping costs that come with it. And by cutting our potential supply of oil, you raise the prices of gas, thus raising the prices of every single product we buy out. Sometimes I think I'm too smart, y'all. <laughs> or they're just not smart. Or it's intentional. I tend to believe that they're smart enough for this. They know this. It really is just intentional. 
But talking about inflation, this is not US-based politics, but if you didn't see this last week, Justin Trudeau, the Prime Minister of Canada, has now threatened grocery stores with taxes for raising prices. So, to be clear, you cause inflation, you cause the price of gas to go up, you cause the price of every single product you create to go up, and then because supermarkets raise their prices to meet the 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 this cost increase that they're paying you're going to now tax them and you know what happens when the government taxes somebody it raises the cost even more <laughs> you add a tax businesses don't pay tax businesses pass through those costs to the consumers so literally a new tax measure won't do anything. All it does is raise the cost of the good, causing us inflation. <laughs> oh, these people, I, I don't, I don't even know what to say about this sometimes. Like these people, they don't. <laughs> They, are, they, they don't get, again, I, I broke it down in the last episode, the multiplier effect. And taxes are just another thing that adds on to the multiplier effect when, when it comes into play. It just makes the cost of a single good more, which means that they are going to raise their prices to pay those taxes. Yeah, they do. They also think that we are dumb. I, yeah, Adrian, I, I definitely believe that too. Yeah, this is probably going to be Trudeau's last term, if he can even last. He is so unlike, like, in the U.S., I think that Biden has like a 30% approval rate. I think that Trudeau has like a 20% approval rate. That's just off the top of my head. I have no idea what the actual number is, just to be clear. But he is so unliked in Canada. Like, he is ruining that country. Like, ruining it. Um, he's a wannabe dictator. He's worse than anything we've ever seen here in the U.S. Um, and he's one of the worst in, in the world when it comes to taking rights away from people and and just a full-blown socialist and honestly we should be showing this for what it is like when you look at somebody like trudeau who is implementing full socialist con concepts and just seeing how poorly they do then we should we should truly look at that and say this person is not what we want for the u.s like truly not Oh, thanks, whatever. Yeah, head over to TimCast. He's great. I love Tim. My friend's over there. Um, it is actually, wow. These, these, these shows go by very quickly sometimes. Um, let me see. Uh, if you didn't see this, but this is what Trudeau said. 
It's not okay that our biggest grocery stores are making record profits while Canadians are struggling to put food on the table. So Minister Champagne will be calling on the heads of large grocers to come to Ottawa with a plan to address the rising cost of food. And we expect to hear from them by Thanksgiving on what their plan is to stabilize prices. And it And let me be very clear. If their plan doesn't provide real relief for the middle class and people working hard to join it, then we will take further action and we are not ruling anything out, including tax measures. That is the sign of a dictator. Not a free market person at all. If they don't do what we want, we will do it for them. And we will take it from them. We will create the bread lines. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. Like seriously, like we if they if their plan doesn't do this, we will not rule anything out and to make them, to force them to do this. That's not a free society. That is a tyrant, tyrannical government. And it, as long as Trudeau's in power or anybody of his ilk is in power, this is what you're going to get. Canada is right up there, in my opinion, with China and other countries in North Korea and other countries like that where they simply have to dictate every single thing in your lives. Um, Venezuela, Cuba. Cuba is probably the best example, but they dictate everything. If they don't like it, they will take it and they will distribute it themselves. And if they distribute it themselves, then you will not get anything because <laughs> that's how, that's how tiring it goes. Um, but you know, it's it's at the end of the hour, but I do want to share this one story. Now, my friend, um, Luca, who I, I've met Luca when I was in Wisconsin um, earlier this year, speaking on an event with Chloe Cole. She's a detransitioner. She was on the uh, the Jubilee episode, Trans vs. Detrans. I did recommend her for that. Um and honestly, she is an amazing young woman. I think Luca is, I, I truly have the utmost respect and um, she, she's just amazing. I, I, I really do appreciate her voice. She's the next person to step out, the next detransitioner to step out and say that she is suing her medical care providers. And this is what's needed. I've said this multiple times over that when it comes to detransition and stopping what's happening to children in these regards, it's not going to be the legislation that I'm passing across, that I'm helping pass across the country. It's not going to be that that really stops it. It's going to be these lawsuits from people like Luca and Chloe and, and others that really do stop it 
and the reason I say this is because law, I mean, laws send things into a black market, right? So laws create a black market, bans create a black market, whereas these lawsuits create a disincent they, they disincentivize because you're taking away money from those who are actually doing the harm. And so this disincentivizes them from doing harm. So I think the I think the lawsuits are really what's going to change the culture. Um, I think that it's important that we get you know, laws on the books in places that we can, but really in places like California and others, these lawsuits are what's really going to take place. And, um, you know, I, I, I hope that people like Luca and Chloe and my friends that are detransitioners really do uh, appreciate what, you know, I hope I represent them well, even on those debates that I did with Jubilee, because I was kind of, I tried to carry the torch, especially for detransitioners during the debates to show how dangerous this ideology is for children. And so, but yeah, she was, um, she had a double mastectomy at 16. Similar, I mean, Luca, I don't think it's the same, it's not the same process as Chloe, but she had the double mastectomy at 16. I feel really bad um, for Luca because I've, I've seen people say that confuse her for a trans woman because testosterone like completely it, it, it masculinized her voice and she her voice won't go back. Um and and it's and it's awful what they did to her but honestly i will and 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 she still has pain she still has issues like medical issues that she's dealing with this and a lot of her doctors just kind of once she detransitioned wrote her off they didn't want to deal with her and so she has a lot of these issues that she's dealing with and she can't you know doctors won't take her care and um, it's, you know, I, I can't imagine, but I do appreciate people like Luca so much. Um, and if you actually saw mine and Ariel's reaction video of the trans versus detrans debate, go watch that. You'll see exactly why I love. I think Luca is so amazing is because uh, she was on that episode of the Jubilee, and she did so well, and her story is so compelling that I I don't even think I can give it justice speaking about it here. So I would actually go listen to her tell her story. Um, you can even watch it on my video that I, that I did. Um, but I just I, I really these people who were manipulated into transitioning, who consented as minors and, and all that. I I just hope they get what they des what they need, the help that they deserve. Um yeah, Adrian, it is on YouTube. It's actually you can watch it either on the Jubilee YouTube, the whole episode, or you can watch it on my uh under my videos. 
I think it's one of my more recent videos on the top top of my content creation videos. Yeah. But I truly, I, you know, everybody from Luca to Chloe to everybody, you know, all these other detransitioners, what you start to realize is just the complications that they've had. And then now they're not even like, they're still dealing with these complications on a daily basis. And so they need help just as much as anybody else, but they're not able to get the help because they have left the cult. And because they've left the cult, the doctors don't want to do anything about this. And it's really a double-edged sword because when you step up and you speak out and you, and you sue your doctor, Doctors are less likely to take you as a patient because then they they are afraid that they would get sued too. Um, when they don't really realize that it's the doctors who are the most extreme cases in extreme cases pushing this that are causing issues on them, not the patients themselves. Um, so yeah, if you want. Um, I think that Luca has, so she's, she's using the same, um, lawyers as Chloe, which is with, um, the center for American Liberty, which is, um, is, is taking her case, which is doing a lot of work with detransitioners in general. So if you do want to support her case, go to center for American Liberty, find it. And you can, I believe you can donate to, to her, um, legal fund and everything like that because these are the people that we should be supporting these are the people that we should be um you know donating to and helping as much as we can and highlighting their stories as much as we can so but with that um we're we, we we're we're a little bit over today i honestly i didn't even know if i was gonna have enough to talk about today but here we are <laughs> Um, thank you all for joining me. I truly appreciate it. We will be next week. We will be back on next week at our normal time on Monday. I'll be a little bit more coherent because yeah, I'll be able, I'll be well rested. <laughs> I won't be so jet lagged, but I truly appreciate y'all tuning in. Um, and as always, click that like and subscribe button. Follow me across all social media platforms, and I will see you next time.